What's up, everybody? This is Marlins in-game host, Mike B., and you're listening to Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast with Peter Pratt. Cheers from the 305. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of Fish Across the Pond. It's a Marlins UK podcast and I am your host, Peter Pratt. Joining me today, deadline day, Sean Barrett is in the house. Sean, how are we doing? Doing well. That's been a, that's been a long day staring at a uh, Twitter screen. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, how, I mean, we've probably had, what, 15 awake hours thus far. How many of those 15 awake hours have been looking at Twitter, would you say? Uh, so since I finished work, so probably about the last seven hours. <laughs> there we go. Get that screen time up. Um, good man. And joining us also, Rob Newell is back. Rob is back in the house, in the cleanup spot. Rob Newell, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's my, my last couple of days of my 30s and uh, some um, excitement in this deadline day bizarre deadline day yeah exactly well uh happy birthday for what next week is it is that right it's the first so it's sunday oh happy happy birthday for the first so a yankees uk friendly game yeah well i should be there that was the plan i was oh, going to be at marlins park to to see the the marlins versus the yankees but maybe it was a blessing in disguise because <laughs> i think it might be a tough series it could be uh we're going to get and we're going to focus most of our time here on on the Marlins activity and the past few days. Um, but, uh, you know, clearly the Yankees have, have hit the upgrade button on the offensive side in particular with with Gallo and Rizzo uh, landing in, in New York. So, yeah, those guys have, uh, have definitely pumped up the lineup there for sure. A couple of real lefty bombers. So um, but. There's some strikeout there too. So I'm intrigued to see how Zach Thompson in particular goes today in game one. Would not shock me if he if he has 15 Ks or gets blown out in uh, half an inning or whatever. So we'll wait and see on that. But guys, we're going to just have basically a snap take, snap reaction episode on the Marlins deadline and um, kind of get into the guts of, of what they've done. Um, the, I guess from my my overall view is we were all, I think we were expecting more is perhaps where I think we've landed today in particular on deadline day. Um, clearly the chatter has been that they're, they're looking to, we're looking to do and, 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 you know, we'll wait to see what the, what the debrief is on that one, but we were expecting some serious moves perhaps um, and they haven't come. So I can sense that Marlon's Twitter is, is not happy, but I think it's important for us to kind of just get into it, digest what's happened um, and just, you know, assess where we're at now after the deadline. So to do that, I think what we need to do is to go back right to the start of the, the activity um, and many will go Starling Marte, right? But no, it all started with Corey Dickerson. That was the, that was the start of the Marlins trade season. Corey Dickerson and Adam Simba go into the Blue Jays, um, 
Corey Dickerson is, is just coming back from rehab while well, he's on a rehab assignment at the moment. So he may be back soon. Um, he goes, he goes to the blue Jays with Simba and um, a, a kind of lower level pitching prospect. Mac and Bale comes back um, bit of a, it was a bit of a weird trade in general. We didn't really spend much time on it, but you know, Sean for that one, was that purely just, you know, move Dickerson out the way for Jesus Sanchez and, you know, save a bit of money um, move Simba on they didn't want and take a flyer on this guy is that probably how you'd summarise that one? Yeah it's more or less it as we, I think we discussed previously about creating that room for Jesus Sanchez mm. giving him the the, the, the months to, to sort of prove himself we don't want to be in a situation where we've got guys coming up playing a couple of days going back down we need to give him a concise, you know a consorted time to play and um, you know Dickerson wasn't going to contribute too much for the rest of the season. We obviously weren't going to have him going forwards, you know, giving away Simba, who is a major league arm, was, you know, not a disappointment, but a surprise, I suppose. But I think ultimately it was, if you look at, I don't want to go too far forward into today, but you look at the moves that the Marlins have made, they've made the moves they need to make now. Yeah. As in all the guys that aren't going to be here next year, we need to get we need to get them gone, get mm-hmm. something back for them. And uh, yeah, that that major trade uh, that you alluded to, as far as what might have happened today, there's no reason why that can't happen in the off season. But as far as what needed to occur today, the Marlins have done what they needed to do: get rid of the guys that are going to be, you know, not here next year. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, guys, I'm going to have to interject very quickly with a klaxon because there is some news. It isn't trade news, but it is linked to a player moving from the Marlins organization. And hold on to your hats with this one, guys. Chad Wallach has been claimed off waivers by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Chad Wallach is now a Dodger. Wow. So, Rob Newell, I will come to you because you are a big fan of Chad Wallach. (laughs) And maybe overselling the big and the fan, but nevertheless, Rob Newell, Chad Wallach is a Dodger. <laughs> well, you see, now I, I'm not sure where the, the Dodgers are with their catching situation at the moment, but they've obviously seen because because Wallach had a, a good season last year. He, he, he remember he he got um, that position away from Alfaro. Um, and he was always going to be the backup guy. We never really thought much of, of, of Wallach as being like, you know, or he's our, you know, our, our future, um, you know, catcher for all time. But he had a decent season last year. Um, we thought he was also better behind the, the you know, he, he, not so better, but he was as good as uh, Alfaro uh, in uh, catching steals. Mm. And um, so it was looking like we got this two-way thing. Now, the biggest problem that Wallach's had this season was past balls. There was a bit of inconsistency. He's never been that brilliant with the bat, apart from a little peak last year. So this is the issue we've got with, with, with Wallach. You know, with the, the other the trades that happened today, Wallach did look completely expendable. It's interesting, the Dodgers, but he does have a Dodgers connection. Um, uh, am I right that his dad is now back over with the Dodgers? They could be, yes. Good point. Yeah. So Tim that's Wallace, where, right? the, yeah, Tim went back over to LA to be closer to family. He left the Marlins. Mm. So that's where the connections come in. So they've obviously recognised, hey, this guy did really, really well last year. Um, you know, as now is now not 
fancied at all. It's not just but he's behind Alfaro. Obviously, Sandy Leone's taken that place. He's playing mm-hmm. in AAA. You've just got two new catchers in. Well, it, it makes sense. And for the Marlins, it's not somebody who you'd, you'd be able to trade. So maybe it's a sort of a, you know, it, it's, it's a, a sort of a no really a real effect for us. But it's a shame he's gone because he was part of that whole team yes, last year that got us through to the post-series. Yeah, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, that is, in many ways, that's the biggest news of the day for the Marlins. Like, that, that truly is, which maybe sums up the day itself. We're going to get into catcher a little bit later because we did start to get into some catcher moves and start to address that position. But, uh, Rob, let's get into really, for me, this is the headliner. This is the blockbuster. This is, when we look back in a year's time, two years' time, this is the deal we'll probably remember most. And it was Starling Marte that was traded to the Oakland A's that that came out of nowhere. No one was reporting the A's as being in the mix at all. Starling Marte goes to the A's, made his debut yesterday also. And the return, Jesus Lozado. I mean, the general vibe on this one was overwhelmingly positive. I would describe it as from a Marlins Twitter perspective. But what was your what was your take on this one? So um, the, the only negativity you will hear is that Zardo came up to the, the major league team. Um, he sort of did it sort of okay-ish. And then this year just fell completely away. And he's also having trouble in AAA. But if you remove it and go back to 2019, this was one of the top pitching prospects in all of MLB. Not just the top prospect with the, with the A's. He was one of the top prospects in all of MLB. And, you know, this is a guy who's got not just a, a, a bit of sort of pace with his, with his fastball. Um, you know, you're sitting in around 95, 96 mile an hour consistently over three years, which is, um, you know, you're starting to think around kind of where Alcantara has been, where Pablo Lopez was building up to be. But also he's got a, a really sort of um, good mix of, of pitches as well. And that is... You know, start you start again thinking a little bit like how Alcantara and and Lopez have been, but the the, the fact is, you know what what key has like Trevor Rogers given this this year? It's that lefty action, mm. and and just having somebody like that there, suddenly you think, oh my word, it's not just these three we've got to build around and Alicia Hernandez, etc. Think, wow, we've suddenly got this guy who's here. You know, forget about the Sixto Sanchez issues and we've got Edward Cabrera, et cetera, coming up. Wow, we've got someone who has, we've been waiting to slot somebody in like this for next year's rotation and hopefully he's the guy. But just to just to, to sort of tidy up sort of where things have kind of gone wrong this sort of uh, um, this year for him. So he's ERA um, in, uh, for Oakland this year. He um, had six starts and it's running just under seven He's uh, the it, it looks like from here it's been the long ball, it's been the home runs, mm-hmm. home runs per nine, 2.61. So there is clearly problems with location. Um, his walks are fairly high and they were last year as well. So this is a guy who's obviously got talent but control issues. However, if you start winding back his minor league career, then it's just oh my word, it is pretty impressive. You're talking about high strikeout rates. Um, um, sort of bouncing around sort of the 10 to 12 mark year on year as he's gone from rookie ball all the way through. 
um, low home runs per nine. Um, looks like he's somebody who's getting a lot of ground ball as well. Um, so it, ground ball percentages um, some years have been around 50%. So he's, he's obviously a guy who's got the tools, um, has had years and years of impressive you know, run through the Oakland organization, but suddenly lost his way. Mm. And, you know, we, we've done this before, you know, if you think about someone like Alicia Hernandez, rule five pick, you know, very, very raw. The fact that we've got such good coaches and I, I, I can, I just think this is a fantastic trade. The thing is with Marte, he is an elite outfielder. Mm. We're not going to replace him. He's one of the best out there, but we're out of this. Where it's a strange division where you know we're closer to the, the top of our division than we are to the wild card. It's bizarre, but yeah. we're out of it completely. Two months, yeah. Marte didn't want his contract. Getting someone of this return for two months, fantastic. Really, really fantastic. I completely agree, Rob. I think that's a fair assessment. Mon- um, Monte. Marte, he, he's, you're not going to get him re-signed. So the Marlins had to do it. They had to move him. The, he was... In my opinion, other than Trey Turner that was moved, I think he was the the next best offensive player that's been moved in at all. Um, he's an absolute stud, no doubt about it. And the other thing, listen, when he goes to the A's, here's the, here's the other thing that we know for sure. He will be a free agent in the summer. We know that. It's guaranteed. The A's will not pay Starling Marte. So... The Marlins will have another shot at it if they really, you know, if things don't go their way and they can't fill the void, maybe they do go back to it and they go, actually, do you know what? Now we've factored in, we've got a Lozado in the system. Maybe we're willing to go a little bit further than we were before. Maybe. I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but, um, and, and the other moves they make, I think will, will be interesting. But when I look at the Lozado move, I think it's by low on him. Clearly he's, you know he's had a he's had a tough year, no doubt. But what we know from a Marlins perspective is we what we can do the, better than anyone is develop pitching, no doubt. Like the 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 pitching development is so good, so it wouldn't just, shock me if. Just one point on that is that just looking through his stats year on year, he's almost kind of kind of got really strange even stats. Like his fastball percentage about twenty percent, and then he's got his slight sinker twenty percent. Change up twenty percent, slider thirty percent. It's he's it, it, obviously somebody who just every single time is is pitching something different. If he, if if he was that good and whipped his way through rookie to double A and into triple A when was, and and then it's just suddenly just had this issue when he went up to the the, the majors and come down again. You just fix that. You've suddenly ended up for a two month rental. Mm-hmm you've ended up with a top five pitching prospect. Yeah. Brilliant. 100%. Sean Barrett, what's your view on the, the Marte Lozada one? Yeah, and I, I'll just follow on from Robin, sort of say sort of similar things. In the case of it, it was a two-month rental. You know, we knew he was going. You know, we tried to put a deal together for him. And I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, is this just a make-believe offer in the sense of, look, we tried. I think they genuinely did try to keep Marte. If Marte wanted, you know, 10, 15 mil over four years, the Marlins are never going to give them that. Four years is just too long mm. for a player of Marte's age. 
um, it just wasn't going to happen. So the trade was always going to happen. The return, Lozardo, I think, yeah, at the top of prospect lists uh, as recently as you know the pre-season this year. So yes, he's had his struggles this year, but I think you look at the stuff and you look at the, the talent that he's got and you know that the Marlins are going to, you know, bring him up. If, if you look at Alcantara, when he first came to the Marlins, there were some questions about him, you know, about the longevity. Could he go and be a starter? Was the stuff good enough? Because we always knew he wasn't going to be a high strikeout guy. And you look at what the Marlins have done. Of course, Sandy's a good part of that as well. But mm-hmm. I think... If there's one thing that we all look at the Marlins and say, we trust this, it is their ability to develop pitching. Uh, One of the the more interesting things for me that um, I haven't heard in a lot of places is the fact that the Marlins ate the rest of Marte's money. Mm -hmm. This this has been an organisation for since I was supporting them. When they traded uh, an asset for for a prospect, it was always a case of you're, you're taking all that money and you always get a lesser prospect for that. For that, You know, we would not have got Lozardo if we hadn't ate that money. We would have got a lesser player. And I think that speaks to um, a change um, in this organisation that they're, they're willing to spend that extra couple of million to make a difference in a return from a trade. And if you look at Oakland, they're not in a position to spend money. So they put, so their fans are probably looking at it and saying we've had to give a better prospect away because we can't afford to to take on three or four million dollars, which for a major league baseball team is a is a a sorry state of affairs. Yeah, um, it is. It is, but, but it's, it's the A's, isn't it? It, it is mass. the A's. The A's are in the same situation. They're the same situation as the Marlins were pre-2012, they're looking for a new ballpark. Um, And I think, as it stands, they're probably going to get one from from the city of Oakland. But, you know, they are in a situation where, yeah, their their ballpark's 400 years old and uh, they don't draw a lot of fans. So in in some way, we are very similar to them. Yeah, agreed. All right, guys. Well, a brief uh, roundup on on Marte Lozado. Rob? What grade the trade for me? We'll go through these these more recent ones in particular. So, the grade on on this one from a Marlins uh, standpoint. Uh, or we we grading one to ten or or a a stars. What we'll you use the we'll use all the way up to a star. Uh, that uh, that methodology, the the, the uh, GCSE methodology. The GCSE methodology. Well, I'm you know how I'm confident are with prospects. You know this is this is an an A. This is a definite A. There's a touch of risk because of the problems that he's had, but this is a, a definite A. This could be an easy, easy A star if if they just turns things on. No, 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 hang on, I'm a confident guy. A star. Oh, <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, Sean, how are you seeing this one? I, I think I'll, I'll have to come down a little bit. You know, it's... To, to call him a project is probably a little bit unfair, mm. but, you know, we are, we are taking a bit of a gamble on what he is. But for what we... We're giving a two-month rental of Marte. Uh, yeah, it's got to be a B plus, A minus for me. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm also uh, going to give it an A star. I absolutely love this one. Um, I'm shocked that the Marlins were able to get back Lazardo for two months, um, and we'll wait and see. Listen, any prospect return. 
there's risk in there. Clearly, he's had his struggles this year, but there's some guys on on the top 10 prospect list overall right now that have been up in the majors and have, have stunk it out. Um, so it takes time. It takes time to adjust. So I think it's an A star, though, for, for two months of Marte. And I also love the fact that they, they send him to the A's, which means that, like I said, we know they won't sign him. And so we know he's a free agent. And so you never know. I remember a few months back, Joe Fasaro put out there and said the most optimal situation, trade Marte and then re-sign him in the summer. You get, you know, we're out of it anyway, trade him, get a, get a prospect back and then give him his deal. That would be the optimal situation. If he needs the four years though, and that's the deal breaker, it won't happen like Sean said. So we'll move on from that one and find another, another way forward. So, okay. Quickly on the heels of that one though, uh, the closer was gone as well. So our stud center fielder goes, then your closer, Yimmy Garcia, also expiring deal. Um, Sean, I'll give you first crack at this one. Yimmy Garcia goes and we get back a triple A, what looks to be a major league ready uh, outfielder, De La Cruz, uh, back with the Astros. So the Astros have done well with Marlins uh, relievers recently. They turned Stanek back to what Stanek was. Um, I think they like what they see in Yimmy. So how do you see this one? Yeah, so we traded uh, the closer in, <laughs> in quotes in Yimmy Garcia. Uh, not really a guy that we ever trusted as a as a guy with closer stuff. And also, did he actually have the job anymore? Anyway, uh, yeah, no. The return for for again, Yimmy is a free agent at the end of the year. Um, he's on a small amount of money, so it was an easy an easy option to say you know time to get rid of him. Uh, De La Cruz, yeah, it looks like a quality bat. As you said, he's probably going to be in the corners, mm-hmm. either left or right. Um, hopefully with with a bat that's pretty decent, I'd say you'd prefer him in right, have him in the more premier defensive position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure when he does come up, he'll be f- flipping from left to right. Uh, yeah, the bat looks good. You know, he's hit 12 home runs, um, high teens, doubles, a high average. It's in AAA, so... Triple A parks are tiny. Triple A starting pitchers are typically dreadful. You know, you go for the, the quality pitchers go from double A up to the majors. Mm. If you're in triple A, then you're probably always on the mix for a starting role. Now, the Marlins got so many pitchers that we've just got to fit them in wherever we can get them. So our triple A pitchers are actually pretty decent. Yeah. But you know, you look at you look at those numbers and you go, they're going to be a little bit inflated on what he actually is. Mm. Um, I His numbers actually look pretty similar to what I'd expect sort of from Griffin Conine. Uh, so I, I sort of, in my mind, from what I see, they're pretty similar players as far as, as, far as profiles. Um, but, you know, major league quality outfielders, that's kind of what we need at the moment. So, you know, a return from a guy that was going to leave the team, a guy that, you know isn't a stud as it were, you know, it's, it's a good return. I like it in the, you know, listen with the Astros, what we know is they've got, he's blocked effectively. He's fully blocked there in their, in their organization. Albeit, I tell you that the, the Astros made a, a funny move today at the deadline with Miles Straw being uh, traded away for, uh, for a reliever. And I'm not clear on, on what depth they have at center field. For a team that is smack bang in, I found that a real wonky trade and one that didn't stack up. Go on, Sean. 
uh, <laughs> as soon as Straw went, my first thought was, why couldn't we get Straw? We've just we've traded away three. Uh, we traded away two relievers today. Yeah, and one to that team. I wonder whether or not the Marlins kicked the tires on Straw. Whether they mm. knew Straw was available. Whether it was a last-minute panic by the Astros. You know, Straw is has has had a fantastic year. He's yeah. he's an absolute quality centre fielder. Hits for high average. He's got you know he immediately become the best speed asset on the bases for the Marlins, and and that's with the players that we've already got. I you know. I can't help but not look back and go, damn, that might have been an opportunity missed. It was it was one that caught me off guard, no doubt. I mean, I, I was doing the live stream with the Batflips and Nerds guys, and that one dropped, and it completely baffled everyone on, on, on the stream. We were all trying to make connections of what's happening. What are they getting instead? We were, you know, I, I threw out there that Brinson was available. Uh, maybe that was the connection to the Astros, but that was shot down by the guys quickly. But you're right, the, maybe the Marlins were in on that one. I don't know. Um, nevertheless, I think the reality is, and um, that you know, I'll we'll get into Duval in more depth shortly, but you know, Duval being moved plus Jesus Sanchez, uh, you know, still dealing with COVID related issues. Um, you know, there's a good chance we see Dela Cruz this weekend. Um, I, I, I think he'll probably be added to the 26 man, and I, I think he'll probably take some part. So I'm excited to see it. I, you know, like with most of these guys, you know, with us, we, we don't have the eyeballs on it, you know, on other people's systems. So this will be my first look at him and I'll, I'll, you know, make my judgments pretty quickly as normal on, on that. But I like the profile when I looked at it. I liked what I saw, the numbers, the slash line, you know, the age. I think it fills a gap. I think that's the interesting bit is we, we've missed a tier of depth this year and that, rung out when we had the the injury issues the the triple a guys just they aren't they haven't been good enough and that that level of depth of that level hasn't been quite there so i do feel like this helps but i, I think it was good um rob anything further to add on the yimmy garcia uh de la cruz uh hookup again i think um flipping um, Garcia is the right thing to do yeah. again I, I think he's done really really well for us the last two years and um, the fact that he's sort of stepped into that closer role I know it's not always worked um, but um, he's done you know it, as good as he can do really um, so I can see where he's very attractive for Houston Houston's bizarre sort of centre fielder situation they, they've got a player called Jake Myers who's been doing really really well for the Sugarland Skeeters which is their, their AAA team the, um, the only thing with Dela Cruz is that he's hot this year, but really has been fairly lukewarmish as he's gone up through. So he um, he's, he's he's really good on the on the sort of uh, he's not someone who's going to strike out a lot. He's sort of sitting around twenty percent. So he he's you know pretty good with that and um, has a low level of walks as well. But um, so you know uh, he's kind of going to be uh, I would think more of a uh, sort of a ground ball sort of infield sort of contact hitch. I don't think he's going to be a, um, he's got 12 home runs, but in previous years, as I just sort of have a look down, the highest number of home runs he's kind of uh, um, hit has been in sort of the sort of the low digits, really. He's not really been that kind of sort of 
power guy. Um, so there's no, there's no other year that's comparable to what he's done this year. Uh, no. The ERA is sort of, um, um, oh, sorry, batting average is sitting sort of around 250 as he's gone up through rookie ball and all the way through. So um, it's, it's definitely more of a risk, but he's probably somebody who will, who will fit in quite well. Um, Sugarland Skeets, I've seen him play once, and Yadiel Rivera used to play for the Marlins is, is in their infield at the moment. So There we go. Uh, Okay, well, that drew that day to a close. And then we get to the deadline and there is hysteria across Marlins Twitter, no doubt. Um, actually, sorry, before we move on, let's do a quick uh, grade the trade on that one. Um, Yimi Garcia, De La Cruz, Rob Newell. What was this one for you? Uh, I will go for a C. C. I'm not quite sure that it's the... It's the outfield option that we really need it's just it just mm. feels like something to for there for a year or two yeah sean barrett uh, yeah pretty similar i'll go c plus i think I, I you know we've spoken about how the marlins are fantastic at analyzing pitching talent and they've not been so great with the bats but you know i like the stuff that i've seen from Dela cruz looking at his numbers but as you said, we need to we need to see what we've got here. So uh, let's start off with a nice solid base of, of a C plus, and uh, we'll see what we've got. I'm going a, a tier higher. I think than both of you guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a B on this one. Um, I haven't seen the player before, so it's hard it's hard to analyze. But listen, Yimmy Garcia expiring deal. They moved him. They got a legit guy back that's performing at a, a at a level that we needed. Um, this one may increase for me. It, it's a B now, but after the weekend, if he makes his debut, ask me again. We'll see what we've got. So um, cool. All right. So we roll into today. And like I said, hysteria was high. Everyone, you know, Craig Mish has been awesome in terms of his engagement with the fans, I must say, and keeping everyone abreast of what the Marlins truly, you know, truly trying to do at this deadline. And, and clearly the narrative coming out is we're looking to find our centre fielder of the future. Um, and we're also looking to solidify the catching position. Two key and very clear areas of need. So we go into today, everyone's piecing everything together, who's available, what's going on. And um, the first move comes, uh, it's Adam Duvall that's, uh, that's moved. And uh, it's funny because a few days ago, um, you know, they were, there was clearly some conversations. Felt like the Marlins were saying no to that, um, that, that those advances from the Braves. But anyway, the Braves clearly come back and they get a deal done. Going the other way is what was a former first-round pick in Alex Jackson. Um, so another catcher, he's at AAA, he's been up at the big leagues, had some at-bats, maybe 40 or 50 at-bats. But listen, high pedigree guy, highly touted guy, big prospect name um, that has, you know, he needs a chance. He's ready for the bigs. Um, don't know a lot about him again, but what I do know is, you know, clearly if you're taking, I think sixth overall, I think he went at that kind of range. So he's a top 10 pick in 2014. He has pedigree. So uh, Sean, did this one catch you off guard that Duval was moved or were you unsurprised at this one? I think the thing that, caught me off guard more, not that just that we traded him, but where we traded him to, <laughs> trading him back to the Braves. Mm. So we had some news or some information from uh, Mish saying 
you know, the Braves had kicked the tires on them. And um, the Marlins said no. And it was made clear by Mish that the reason they said no is because they didn't want to trade in division. And then they traded in division. So I'm really interested. Like, what makes me wonder is, did, did they want to trade him somewhere else? And then that dried up and then they just had to trade with the Braves? Mm. Or did the Braves offer player X and the Marlins wanted Alex Jackson and then the Braves said no and then they relented and we, we got him in the end. That, so in my mind, it's when we come to ranking it later, um, I'm going to have a tough time because if the Marlins stuck their, their, you know, put a line in the sand and said it's Alex Jackson or nobody, then it's a, it's a high-graded pick. Mm-hmm. If, if, it's, if it's the other way around where they didn't want to trade to the Braves and they had other options, then those options dried up and then they had to go cup in hand back to the Braves. For whatever it is they were going to offer us, it's a it's a low ranked pick. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just really intrigued to see how the behind the scenes um, negotiations sort of went. But as, yeah. as a whole, the guy looks. You know, we have a catching depth issue through the organisation. Yeah. So so getting the catcher that's going to be at AAA and could be your third catcher or your second catcher, it's not sexy. It's not interesting, but it's required you know if you look at what we've been throwing out there this year we've been getting you know we've been losing games just because our catching depth's poor so yeah it's not this star replacement catcher for the future maybe or maybe he is who knows at the end of the day the marlins needed extra catchers and and that's what they got in this trade well you th- you would have assumed maybe he goes to triple a uh, but I'm as I'm as we're recording this, I'm I'm seeing he's actually joining the Marlins. He's actually straight in with the big club, which is interesting because uh, what's the corresponding move? Are you three catchering? Uh, I I I think we've talked about Sandy Leone already. He definitely doesn't have. Uh, they'd have to DFA Leone, um, or are they making a move with with Alfaro, which at this stage would be interesting. Um, so maybe they're going three catchers. I don't know. Seems interesting. So, I mean, looking at Jackson right now, he's he was 25. He's played in 30 games at AAA this year, hitting 287, 11 bombs and 36 RBI. So, listen, his numbers, uh, they're popping. Like, he's he's raking at AAA. So, I, I kind of like this move. I A lot of discourse around Duvall. I had a back and forth on Twitter the other day around him. You know, why do we want to trade Duvall? I looked at it and went, listen, you've got to, I'm looking at it through a lens that Duvall is now a rental because the mutual option, he, we never had the guaranteed control. And you, I guess they needed to understand where he was at, what he was thinking. And if they weren't confident that he was going to, that the Marlins could exercise their option and, and retain him if they wanted to, if they felt that that wasn't going to be possible, then they had to move him again because he's a, effectively a rental piece. And if in effect, as part of that, you move Duval and the production, which has been great this year, and you get back a former first-round pick, AAA blasting catcher, it feels like a, it feels like a nice deal for the Marlins personally. Rob, what, where do you sit on this one? Yeah, I, I like it as well. We 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 have weaknesses in in catching, and as Sean said, there there is no depth. 
Will Banfield, who is one of the sort of the main prospects we've had from the drafts in recent years, is really struggling with the bat. Um, so that's not looking likely. Nick Fortes in Pensacola hitting about 250, but he's doing quite well behind the plate there. But even so, um, it doesn't feel like somebody who's ready to, to leap up. And then the biggest problem we've had is that sort of um, in Jacksonville, it, it's sort of, we've, we've had sort of everybody in every, you know, Wallach has been there, Alfaro's been there, Brian Navarretto. Um, we tried various different things which have sort of not really worked out. Um, just had another sort of look down, just uh, Santiago Chavez. No one's hitting a, 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 a major lick, which is where we need. And this has been one of the problems we've had is that you've got, you know, good prospects there, um, or sorry, good players there, but they're not going to give what you really need is somebody who's good behind the plate, no past balls, really, really good location. That's what we liked about Chad Wallach last year. His location was brilliant with the pitches and can catch stealing because that is a big thing now. Then the number of stolen bases is really, really going up and you've got to be sharp. And um, it's interesting, actually, when I was looking through, through uh, uh, Alex Jackson's stats, because one of the reasons why I think the Braves can trade him away is because they've got a, a player called Shea Langoliers, which is their, their big catching prospect. So I think he's the guy going, who's going to go up. But they've had all sorts of issues with Travis Dino, Dino, because he even say his name, uh, Darno's injury yeah. um, is causing issues. And they've, had, they've been trying all sorts sitting there, Kevin Smith and a few others. It's not really worked out for them. So um, uh, I'm some way slightly surprised um that if they really do believe they can make a run to the post series that they really wouldn't want some more catching depth there but i'm glad to have them on board and this really is the next stab at trying to get some catching depth in our system we don't think alfaro is the right option because mm -hmm. he's been struggling we can't see him getting to the next level obviously wallage leone is probably not going to be with us next year this is the guy. So why not give him a go? And this is the thing where we are as, as the Marlins now. Season's over. So you now got to really form for next year. And um, yeah, some of the stats for the, you know, that um, he's got quite a high strikeout rate with a bat, which is slightly worrying. His batting average has not been that great all the way through. Um, but he's got some really, really good, good promise and maybe can fill in those, those issues we've got. It's interesting, I know we're going to come on to this, it's the next catching prospect, which we've, we've got from the Brewers, which mm -hmm. I'm more intrigued with. No. Okay, well, let's, <clears throat> we'll get to that one. Well, let's move on to that one. And, you know, before, let's grade this one, grade the trade. Um, there is also some breaking news as well regarding the lineup that has, that has just dropped too, but let's do, let's do this one. So um, where do you sit on this one, Sean? Well, as I said before, I'm kind of in two minds. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to give it B plus because we it, did we hold out for the guy that we wanted. We also kind of want to give it a D as well. Mm -hmm. Did we go cup in hand back to the Braves? So you yep. could get the Midlands, call it somewhere in the C region, but I think that's where I am. Just just on that point, the, the thing that was in my mind, and I think it's an interesting point you make, is clearly the Braves called, the Marlins seemingly declined uh, at one point then you start to get more dominoes falling, perhaps. The one guy that was moved that I thought, let's say, was a comparable piece was Carl Schwarber that ended up going to the Red Sox. I'm wondering if maybe there was 
you know, other conversations going on and then the market shifts and you go, okay, let's go back to the Braves and get something done on a, on a effectively a rental dude. Um, and clearly the Braves value him too, because they know him um, as well. So yeah, I think it's a really good point. Again, it all comes down to, you know, knowing if you ever do know what was going on, what was happening in those rooms um, that led to that, that spot. But um, what about you on this one, Rob? Where do you, where do you sit on the grade? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it's just a shame because Duval was just so powerful and he was such a key guy, but you have to think of the future. So again, I th- I'm, I'm going to go with the C. Um, it's a guy who's um, who I, is obviously going to be playing at the major league level for us. I'm not convinced he's going to be able to do it with a bat. Um, he's pretty good at the court stealing, very, very few errors. Um, so obviously his location is quite good. You know, he's, he's, he's caught still has gone up and down, but it's sitting around the 40%. So yeah, I think this is, this is probably uh, um, a, a good move for us, but I'm not convinced it's a long-term move, but who knows? Mm. I, I like this one though. I, I think this is a, a nice ad. It's similar to the, the, the Dela Cruz one, to be honest with you um, in the, if you look at it through the lens of, it's a rental guy that's moved on for a, a top of the system, uh, highly touted prospect, which, you know, Alex Jackson 100% was. Uh, I think he was a top 50. He was a former top 50 spec. And as you know, listening, we all know in the minor leagues, like the way the minor league dudes are treated in general is just dog shit. And so, you know, people can lose their way quickly. They can lose their love of baseball quickly. And, you know, I think, yeah, it's, the talents there, whether the Marlins have the ability to unlock that now at this stage would be interesting, but he's absolutely raking in triple A. Um, I'm going to go with a B as well. So I'm going to kind of match that up. So a star BB is my, is my three on this one. Um, right guys, some breaking news has dropped. We were talking about the lineups, who's in, who's out. Well, here's what we know now tonight, starting for the Marlins in left field, Brian Miller um, starts for the Marlins and in right field, Brian De La Cruz starts in right field. So there you go. Um, the corners, debutantes. Uh, the Yankees lineup is also out. Let me just grab that um, if I can quickly, which was pretty wild. Uh, both, I think Gallo is in. Uh, just a sec. I had it and I've lost it. Here we go. Yeah, so Gallo's it. So you've got Gleyber Torres, Joey Gallo, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Odor, Sanchez, Wade, and Jameson Tyone pitching. So that's your Yankees. So strong. Stanton playing the field, maybe for the first time this year. I'm not sure if he's played at all in the outfield. So back in Lone Depot on brand new turf that he's not played on before, the artificial stuff now. So yeah, should be fun there in right field for him, I think. So, all right, guys, the final trade uh, Rob, you called it. It was a it was a trade with the Brewers and John Curtis goes. So he was an acquisition uh, in the off season. Curtis goes and we get back another catcher, Peyton Henry. Um, also at the AAA, well, he's been AA and AAA level within the Brewers system. So you said you liked it. What are you liking on this one? So again, I think it's because the Brewers have strength in their farm system. The reason why we've been able to pick up this guy is so they've got a guy called Mario Feliciano, um, who they're they're really hot on to be their sort of future catcher. Um, but um, Peyton Henry was a a sixth round draft um, pick from the Brewers, 
And since then, he's steadily worked his way, well, I say steadily, quite quickly worked his way up from rookie ball all the way up to AAA. What I like about this guy is we were talking about Alex Jackson, you know, the, the, he sort of caught steals were really, really good, for instance, just using that as a, an example. This guy's always been good at, uh, at catching stealers all the way through consistently around sort of, you know, 40, 45%. So I've got a guy who's obviously really, really quick, quick arm. But the other thing that is quite sort of um, um, sort of nice, really, is that it, it batting average is not, not fantastic, but there's a bit of power there in the past. So he, he's not hit like major home runs and stuff in the past, but clearly knows what to do with the bat, a few walks. Um, not saying he's any better than Alex Jackson, but he's clearly um, a little bit behind Alex Jackson in development, um, but already up at AAA level. So that, that kind of shows, that kind of made me think, oh, this is really good. We've got a, a young guy, um, you know, that, uh, um, just, you know, just turned 24, got Alex Jackson, and that's about 25. Got two guys coming through who can both now push each other, mm -hmm. obviously very good defensively. And I like it. So I think we talk about Alex Jackson because he's a, he's a well-known name and we've seen him play for the Braves. We don't know who Peyton Henry is, but if you just take the stats side by side, they ain't much different. Mm. And that's that's the key thing. Yes, Alex Jackson had more more years through the minors just because of the the age of when he was uh, uh, selected out of the um, uh, I think selected out of school. He was uh, in 2014 yep. through the amateur draft. So yeah, it's um, yeah. I I just think it's uh, an under the radar pick from a team that actually have more prospects and catching than they need, and we don't really have any. So I think that's a, it's a good one, and this is and so my prediction is that that we may see this guy being our catcher in a year or two's time, maybe with Jackson or maybe the lead guy. Yeah. Okay. The just a quick follow up on it though. John Curtis obviously um, traded uh, Yumi Garcia a few days ago as well. Are you surprised that? That was the only reliever dealt John Curtis today in particular. I, I'm going to make a prediction, and, and Craig Mish may say something completely different. I reckon that all of our available relievers, and I mean that I'm talking about people like Blyer, etc., were, were out there, but I bet they didn't get what they wanted back. And that's the thing. I, I, I think this is where it's a bit different, where in the past we've seen, you know, We've seen our sort of uh, our players that are coming up to uh, to you know, their contract's going to finish and they will, they'll leave at the end of the season, just go, uh, or we'll just sort of trade for first. You know, I think the Nick Whitgren trade was a bizarre one. Remember, we didn't really get anything back, and there was a, I know that was with the the current office the front office that we have now, but there was loads and loads of those in the past. I think they've, they've been a bit more picky this time and said, right, well, look, we've still got to try and win games. We don't want all these young guys coming up and then it just being an utter nightmare like it was a few years ago. So they still want some strength in there. But if they ain't going to get anything back, if they're just going to get back the same level or less, then they ain't going to trade them. Mm. And someone like Blyer, at the moment, I, I, I know he had a bit of a wobble the other night and it was unfortunate against the Orioles. But if, if, if you had him next year, if you can encourage him to stay another year, that's where I think it's quite key. You still need to hold this bullpen apart, but who on earth are you going to put in there at the moment? 
there's not many options in Jacksonville. I know I like Tommy Evel, but he had a bit of a, a couple of blow-ups the other, other week mm-hmm. and has now been steadily coming back. There's not a lot there to come up. Um, you know, you can't just roll out Jordan Holloway, you know, second inning every night onwards. <laughs> no. Not, not the first inning, just second inning every night. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, you know, how this bullpen shapes up. I mean... I guess Yimmy's gone, Curtis is gone. So actually it's not fully decimated like I was expecting it to be. I was expecting, I was expecting Bly to be gone, Detweiler perhaps. Um, Floro's an interesting piece as well. Like I was expecting maybe three or four perhaps to be gone. So, you know, it's it's interesting. Who picks up the closer role is interesting too. Um, Sean, who, you know, who do you see getting the majority of saves here on in? Not sure how many save opportunities there will be, but you know who's going to get first crack at it. You know what Donny's like; he likes he likes a guy. Who are you saying? Yeah, I think because I think if, if if it weren't for Donny, I'd say it'd be a healthy mix of Floro um, and Bender. Uh, but because it is Mattingly and he just like his guy, I think it will probably be Floro, the more experienced guy. Mm. You know that you you've got Bender who. Everything's a new experience to him. Every new stadium he goes to is going to be a new experience for him. You know, adding the closer role in your rookie year, I think it. I think his stuff plays there. But I think, you know, common sense says put Flow in there, the guy that's been around the block a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, I think it will be Flow. I think Bender probably will get the opportunities when it's not when Flow is thrown two. Days in a row, and if he has thrown two days in a row, then we're doing pretty well because we'll have had two save opportunities in a row, which yeah. might not happen much here on out. But yeah, no, I think I think Rob's right in the sense that you can't completely decimate the uh, the bullpen. We need we still need innings. We're coming into a second half, as I will continue to say, where we've got to balance the 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 innings fairly. We can't have guys going six seven. For every game, we're going to see some starts skipped. We're going to see some extra days built in for the starters. So there are going to be innings for everybody. And uh, yeah, so I think <laughs> if we if we traded everyone away for diminishing returns, mm-hmm. we could end up hurting ourselves in the long run by by overstretching yeah. who we keep. I agree. It was my my sense in this one was <clears throat> some of the bullpen guys. They, they would have been asked on, but the question then is, what does that leave you? And, you know, most of these guys are under control. If you like them, then keep them. Like, you don't have to pay them. And that's clearly the Marlins' MO. Like, you know, if they're if they're they're cheap and they're good, we should be keeping them, unless we're blown away with an offer that we like. Like, you know, looking back, like a, a Romo for, for Lewin Diaz. I mean, looking back, what a... What a deal that was, let's say. But um, what about on this final one then for you, uh, Curtis, uh, for the uh, for the second catcher? Uh, how do you see this one? Yeah, I, th- I think it's quite interesting. So obviously it was the most recent trade and we jumped on more or less immediately afterwards. But I've read a little bit about him and he was drafted as a, as a bat first catcher who potentially might not stay at the position. Um, and he's obviously developed. Um, and funnily enough, if you look on his Twitter profile, his profile picture is actually him with a, uh, some minor league golden glove. 
So he's obviously really proud of his, his advancements in the defensive aspect. So, you know, we've worried for a while about having these defensive catchers who can't hit. Now we've got a catcher who can hit but couldn't defend but now can. So I think, yeah, I think he is, you know, the Marlins clearly must have liked them because Curtis, you know, he's a, he's a major league believer. And as you said, he's controllable. So, you know, he has got many, he's still, you know, on a minor, on a minimum contract. So he, he could have stayed with us for a few years. And I think, you know, a major league guy with, with years of control is a valuable asset. So they must like what they're getting from him. And um, if, if what Rob says is right, and I've got no reason to doubt him, we could see Alex Jackson with the team. As you've said, he's come up. Mm. Do we get a veteran, get a one-year, two-year veteran and mix and match those two and, and give uh, Peyton Henry a bit of time to, to develop? And maybe, yeah, in a year or two's time, he is our number one catcher. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps it's, you know, now's the time to test some of these dudes out, though, as well. And uh, I'm just reading here that, that Henry's being uh, assigned a AAA, actually. So he's um, was playing at that level, having um, started in AA this year. So... Yeah, the Marlins are putting him there too. Clearly, Wallach uh, being claimed um, and uh, you know clears a spot as well. So I guess that that makes sense. So uh, grade wise, where do we land on this one, then, guys? Uh, Rob, it sounds like you're going to be a little bit higher on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go for an A because you basically it, it's a reliever. It's uh, Curtis has done really really well for us, and uh, I really liked him as a picture, but he's just a reliever like mm. any other reliever and you've got somebody back who could be a really really good prospect so an a yeah fair enough sean what about you uh i'll be i'll be a bit lower just because he is a few years away or at least mm. a year and a half away uh so I'll, I'll, I'll give it a solid b i'm uncertain on this one um but in the aftermath what i'm hearing is rob's excited um some of the guys that i trust in, in evaluating younger prospects like him too as well or like him the most of the the return so I'm going to give it a blind B because I don't know but I'm liking what I'm hearing um really I think Curtis was okay but yeah didn't really work in high leverage so just a reliever with you know I think one more year of control so if you can get a piece back that can contribute with the catcher position for a couple of years at least, then I think that'll be a good a, a good result for the Marlins. So, yep, blind B for me. So that was it. I guess a couple of final questions for you guys, and then we'll round this one up um, before uh, uh, before I doze off here. I haven't been on screen and talking uh, for the last four or five hours nonstop. But the, the question that's in my mind is, what's going to come out? what trade hasn't happened, do we think? So let's kind of just, with no knowledge of the situation, and we don't have any, uh, really in terms of players from any side, any team, anything. So we're going literally shooting in the dark. It sounds like Craig Mish is going to come out and report perhaps what went wrong, what the Marlins were trying to do. So let's just kind of put on record as a guess, as a, a, as a shout, what we think has gone wrong or what hasn't happened. And uh, we'll look back and laugh on it, probably. So who wants to go first if no one puts their hand up? Oh, Sean's already got his hand up. Wow, he's in quick. Go on, Sean. I'll let you lead I'm, off. I'm going to go a little bit out there. 
So if we if I were to go on Twitter right now, there'd be quite a bit of Marlin's Twitter going, where's the starting centre fielder? Mm-hmm. Where's the starting catcher? There's a starting centre fielder where who's the fans of that team, their Twitter fans are now saying, why haven't we moved him? Mm-hmm. He's on a, a, a contract that's not going anywhere. And that sounds bizarre, but I think there's a small chance that the Marlins were trying to get Byron Buxton. Mm. Interesting. His name, there was chatter around him. He's obviously on the IL, so that wouldn't have helped, I don't know the injury situation, but wouldn't have helped teams that were trying to win now. I guess maybe that kind of ties in. Byron Buxton, I think he's 27. I looked earlier before the deadline stream. I went on, I think he's 27. Uh, he's having a great year. Um, in, in the Twins, for, for the Twins, no one's having a good year. So he's having a good year uh, in comparison. But um, who would you, who do you think would have had to have gone the other way? Like, you know, what were the Twins looking for there? That's, that's the more difficult one. That's why it's probably... The, the reason I put that together is simply because we needed to get a centre fielder and they needed to get rid of him. Um, you know, controllable pitchers, obviously. Maybe a guy... I don't think any of the... We've spoken about maybe Pablo because he is the furthest down the contractual uh, sort of sidelines, probably the most likely to go in a big, big trade if we trade anybody. But I think there's, I think there are some guys in Double A, Double A starting pitchers that maybe could have tempted the uh, the Twins to move on from Buxton, and obviously we're going to have to resign them anyway. Um, but may, maybe the maybe the contract that Marte wanted would have done for Buxton. I'm pretty sure I saw a report around Buxton. I think, I mean, he's obviously younger, right? I mean, clearly he's five years younger than the Marte, and I, I feel like. He turned down maybe 80 million. I don't know the length, but he turned like the dollar amount, I think was 80. Um, maybe it was four and, and 80, perhaps. Not sure. I'll have to check on that. But, you know, I guess that the thing is with Buxton, he's effectively the same control as what we had with Marte. So the, the problem is, is if you get, you know, to get Marte, we gave away Caleb Smith and um, Humberto Mejia. I think, and, and one other piece I can't recall, but um, it wasn't a huge ask. Uh, I'm guessing if you had to layer in to get Buxton, let's say Jake Eder plus something else, um, you know, is that too much considering you probably won't be able to afford him in a year's time again? I don't know. Maybe they could. I mean, listen, when are the Marlins going to spend some money? Like, who, who's going to get a contract? Can they really legitimately carry on with a payroll of 40 or 50 million like forever? Like it's a bit silly. But anyway, I like the shout, um, Sean. I, I think I was thinking the same. Like Buxton was clearly out there. Do they make that move? I just, for me, I'm not convinced A, the injuries and B, the upcoming free agency. And I, the Marlins have shown no appetite to spend any money. For me, that's the problem. They just haven't, they won't extend any of their own dudes, let alone extend others so uh rob what about you um anything anything you've got in mind i think you almost called it the other day with pache from the braves i think oh. they went and said deval for pache yeah. and um they turned around and said no not unless you know we'll do pache and it'll be be for one for our starting pitches mm-hmm. i think that's it's that it's an interesting one because like um you know we we're just saying about the 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 interesting uh, Marte trade could we have pulled that off twice 
because Pache struggled um, yeah. when he went up um, to the uh, to play with the Braves earlier this year. Uh, you know, they had Inciate, then got his place, and now he's been uh, you know dropped. But um, he's not been doing that great in AAA either. Um, so it's somebody who's obviously having a bit of a nightmare, but it's still their number one prospect. So you could buy low again. I did think that might be a possibility mm. that they would go for. And, um, you know, the, the other outfield options, though, if you look for somebody you think, you know, that that's, you know, uh, I did wonder about sort of Guriel Jr. For, with Toronto, because Toronto are in the market. If they were going to go after one of our starting pitchers, that's somebody you could have gone after as well. Mm-hmm. I quite like, you know, there, there are other options out there, but you're always going to have to give up um, Trevor, Pablo, you know, even Sandy, you know, that that's, that's the problem. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, you sort of said, uh, I heard you in the, the backflips and nerds, um, uh, you know, uh, YouTube broadcast earlier saying about, you know, is someone going to try and pick up Zach Thompson? He's had got a very, very small amount of time, he's, even though he's done so well, but he's been in the major league level. I think mm. to get those top guys, you're going to give up one of the pitches. I think we just said no. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've ended up where we are. So I, I don't, I don't see, I see the the issues that the 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 hype that's happened in the Twitter sphere, the Marlins mm-hmm. Twitter sphere. But um, you know, I it was never going to happen. They were never going to give up one of those big three pitches. I I've also been scratching my head about why now, in many ways, unless there was some specific buy low candidate that would make you go now. That's been what's playing in my mind is the Marlins don't really need to address center field or catcher now. They need to address it before next year. So that's kind of what's been playing in my mind is, is, is why now? And the only reason it would be now is because a, a team that was winning wanted to buy a piece that would help them win now. Clearly, that's the, the only real way that that would happen. Um, but... For the Marlins to get major league ready or near so, like it's hard to acquire those guys from teams that are winning right now. So I just wasn't clear on, on how this was ever going to come together. But I I think, so then you think, okay, who are the teams that are out of it? And they have the pieces. For me, I think the Marlins were trying to get a deal done for Reynolds and Stallings from the Pirates. I think they were trying to get both of them guys um, in a deal. And I think they were trying to send back um, some pitching depth and maybe some outfield depth from lower levels, whatever that may look like. But I think they were trying to get a double dude um, and hit both on the nose. Say we've got Stallings and we've got Reynolds from the Pirates. And I clearly, I think, and not clearly because I'm, I'm, abs- this is absolute, this is unsourced. What this is just hyperbole from me. But um, uh, so when I say clearly, things broke down. But I'm pretty sure the Marlins would have been asking a question there. Um, and why the Pirates at that point? Well, I guess they're selling. Maybe it's a time for them to sell at that stage. There's no reason to hold on if they're going to trade anyway, but I don't know. So that was mine. Um, we'll wait to see what Craig Mish has got to say about it because I'm pretty certain he's going to have a good handle on this one. The final piece, and this is kind of you led into it a little bit there, Rob, is would things have been different this deadline uh, I'll let both of you take a stab at this, but would things have been different if Pablo was healthy and not on the IL right now? Uh, Sean, do you want to take it first? I think potentially. I think, as you said, it's a case of it's something that would have had to either 
Wales or really fit the bill, as in, you know, a guy like Bart at uh, San Fran. I mean, if you look at where uh, Clyber Ruiz moved in the deadline and you look at the, uh, I mean, it was a four-player four move, but it returned Scherzer and Trey Turner. These are two of the hallmark players in baseball. Yeah. That's kind of quality starting catcher. Uh, so, in a way, I think Pablo Fabar is probably is probably the price range. Um, and were the Marlins are the Marlins in a position to do that? Yeah, potentially it would hurt because we all love Pablo. Uh, but it's, it goes without saying we've got all this depth at starting pitcher, and we need to use some of it to fill those holes. And as you said, we don't need to do it now. We mm. can look into the off season. So I don't think I don't think not move if if the idea was to move Pablo for a starting catcher or starting centre fielder, mm-hmm. not doing it now doesn't really make much difference as opposed to doing it in the off season. No. No, what about you, Rob and Pablo? No, I don't think it made any difference. I don't think they'd have moved him. The no. only issue with Pablo is his injuries. Mm. Um, but I think they 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 know that it is it, they've got that depth in those three plus what else is going to come along. Um, and so I, I don't think it was ever going to be an option. We said at the start of the season on this podcast that what's going to happen is if we were in contention, we would buy and you'd see some of these prospects go because we were in contention. If not, we said Dickerson, Duval, Marte would go. Mm-hmm. And they have. And yeah. some of the bullpen options, exactly what's happened, exactly what, what was going to happen. These big, big trades, it's no point doing it now but, um, unless something ridiculous comes along. But mm-hmm. there's no point doing it now because you don't know really what the future is going to hold. The other problem here that's not being discussed enough, and you did touch on it slightly earlier, is the problem where there is in the minors at the moment, that gap that gap they had with COVID last year of not playing that season mm. is really affected some of these top prospects. JJ Cooper was talking on Baseball America about how what a nightmare it is to try and do their prospect rankings. They're all over the place because they, yeah. they've not had the time the, and how it's affected the players, how it's affected them maybe mentally, physically, um, you know, form. And that's why you're seeing some difficulties there. And the, the other thing with our outfield was talking about like Bladé's production hasn't been so good. Um, interestingly, I, I think there's an issue at Pensacola. And I think it's because they're right on the sea. I think mm. it's the winds blowing in. You yeah. see a lot of balls hanging straight up in the air. I obviously watch the, the Wahoos quite a bit. And so I, I'm not sure. I think it's a bit of a ground issue there more than anything else. But even so, there, there are a lot of players need a lot more time. And I think the Marlins need to assess exactly where we are. Is the, the outfield shouldn't be a question for us because we've got Brinson, Max, Harrison. You know, that's our, sorry, when I say outfield, I mean, I mean sort of centre. They shouldn't really be a question. If they're not the answer, if those three of them are not the answer, what are we looking at, you know, are we is Connor Scott too far away and all the other you know that's that's where the conversations are going to be over the next six months and we will then see things change during the offseason there'll be some free agents there'll be pickups this 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 deadline's been really really odd and so I'm sure there's more oddness to to, to come ahead 
<laughs> well, what a way to finish it. Um, well, let's let's get our final grades then, guys. I guess somehow try and tot everything up in your minds. Give me a final overall uh, grade if you can. I mean, you can factor in if you felt they should have done more. Um, but you know, we'll we'll go around final grades. I put it out on Twitter as well to get some some takes on that and I'll, I'll try not to sway you too much but listen I don't think I've seen anything higher than a C minus knocking around I've seen an L minus which I'm not convinced maybe the US use a different scale to us in in the UK um, but you know Sean I'll let you take take uh, the lead off there what's the final overall grade so I'm going to I'm not going to look at the individual trades and piece them all together and have an average grade what I'm going to do is look at it as um an organisational move towards 2022. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a C plus. The Marlins were given an assignment. You've got these guys on, on expiring contracts. Need to move them. Need to get some good returns. They did what they had to do. They followed the rules and they did everything they had to do. But they didn't wow me. They didn't excite me. They didn't do anything above and beyond. That, I hope, is something that they'll do in the off-season. Yeah, seems fair. Rob, what about you? De- the Deval Marte Dickerson, you know Garcia, wouldn't have been here next year. So you know, this is this is the this is the perspective completely lost in Marlin's Twitter. That's why I haven't really looked at it <laughs> um, because that's that's where it is. And, and Sean's right; it is about where we are going to be for next year. And we could resign, um, you know. Marte again, where you know who knows. Um, Duval had his big what seven million option, three million buyout. Doesn't it make all sense? And what we've got ended up is sort we've sorted out the catcher problem. I think now I think mm-hmm. we've got the depth in there, um, and um, I think that's a lot lot better. Um, we've got a pitcher who seriously, if he if Lazada does just turn out and the way he should do, then everybody will be turning this around and saying, no, that was an A. So I think we're in B plus at yeah. the moment because I'm really, really positive about what they got back for catching, which I know by watching a lot of the minors has been really lacking. Um, and they've got a fantastic picture. And actually, we, we haven't talked about Austin Pruitt. We've been struggling for starters. Swingman, he can go in and start and, and, and give you, you know, probably four innings to, to eat up at the start. And then be there as a reliever. You know that's a throw-in from, you know, the the Yimmy trade. So, yeah, B plus for me. I'm positive. I am also going with a B plus. I've tied them up. It was an A star for for Marte, and it was a ton of Bs, a couple of blind Bs after that. So I'm just going to bump that up to a B plus. Um, I'm exactly aligned to to Rob actually on this one. Um, in 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 your view is is the same as me. And uh, the reality is. Uh, trades and prospects you know the proof will be in the pudding with all of them and we're about to get a real-time look at, at De La Cruz he's straight in you know um, you know straight traded in into the lineup uh, the lineup's been announced now Max Sierra starting in in center field um, the two rookies um, or debutantes on the corners Jazz Chisholm's backs so that's great Georgie Alfaro starts a catcher um, so you know with this there's going to be some interesting storylines the next couple of months, but you know clearly this this major league roster is seemingly not as well. It isn't as strong. Clearly, I mean, you, you take Amate and, and and Duval out of there, um, 
you know, it's not as strong. Clearly, the bullpen's a little bit weaker too. Um, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see these guys. I think, for me, the interesting bit is Jesus Aguilar is still a Marlin. I think that's really intriguing because, um, you know, they managed to move Duval. A lot of production there. I'm pretty confident they'd have had interest on, on Aguilar just for the production alone, like, and, and the clubhouse stuff. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a big presence, a big, big personality, um, could do a lot. Miggy Rowe's still here too, you know? So it's maybe who we didn't move that maybe we didn't want to move. Um, that'll be, you know, we'll look back on and go, I'm glad we didn't do that. I don't know. Wait and see. Um, guys, I'm going to call it a day there. It is three minutes past 11 UK time. So that is uh, five hours straight on the air for me, I think now. So, uh, it's it's the right time maybe to, to call it a day. Um, that is episode 103. Sean Barrett, Rob Newell doing their thing, bringing the, the heat, the analysis, the grades of the trades. We've got a, a three-game set against the Yankees to enjoy this weekend. Giancarlo is back. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited for sliders low and away, no doubt about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, in the meantime, uh, stay safe, and we will be back next Tuesday. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.